Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 72. On today's show, Craig and I are going to explore your customer acquisition strategy. Using a very simple framework, we're going to show you how to diagnose what's happening in your marketing right now and develop the best possible channels to attract and grow your customer base. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shai. Hey, Craig. I'm really excited to talk today about the subject of marketing and customer acquisition. I mean, we hear this all the time. We've had requests to do more shows on this topic. And, you know, in your experience, when you work with business owners, what do you find to be their biggest challenge around marketing? Well, it's that phase. They look at it like two different sections. They got their product development, and then they look at, okay, how do we take that forward? Now we're going to do marketing. And the sad thing is, is Most businesses don't fail because of the product or service. They fail because the right people don't know about it. Yeah, right. It's the difference between, you know, having a really great service or product and then actually getting someone that wants to buy it and figuring out how to turn that into a repeatable process. You know, in the startup space, we typically refer to this as product market fit. You're building something that somebody wants. You've identified who that is. You know how to reach them and they're buying it and you have evidence of demand. Mm -hmm. And the typical is that they jump in with a marketing strategy that to me looks like carpet bombing. You know, they're going after all channels, all media, all possibilities just to get the word out, not really knowing what actually worked. Yeah, and it's hard. And I know a lot of our listeners can relate to this. I mean, we've all been there, right? You're trying to figure out what do I do about marketing? And you're getting bombarded with people that want you to spend money, right? (laughs) Now more than ever, you're getting a new email every day. Use this product, use this new tool to reach more customers. Social media, we've done many episodes on that and that's become its own area of expertise. Man, it's hard to figure out. So if you have a marketing budget and it's 5%, 10% of your overall budget, how do you make those decisions of where to make that spend? Oh, it's really challenging from the standpoint of you only have that limitation, as you're saying. And then what's the most optimal place to put my money? What's going to give me a return? How can I move this needle forward? So it deserves a lot of concentrated effort and a real interesting philosophy of how to get there. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Craig. And, you know, it's interesting because in the startup space, where the pressure is very high to find product market fit because you have a new product or service and you're essentially racing the clock against time, right? You're burning cash trying to get to the point where you can acquire enough customers to make the company operate. And so when you're in that space and you're searching for that fit, there are some great tools that you can use to really help shortcut that process to preserve capital as much as possible. So one of my favorite tools to use is a very simple framework called the Bullseye Framework. And it's really from the book Traction by Gabriel Weinberg and Justin Maris. Let's talk about that word traction. I've heard that used in a number of books, and it seems to be quite popular. 
To me, traction brings me back to the days of driving in snow and ice country that both of you are. I come from the north originally, and that was a great time. And, you know, without traction, you weren't going anywhere in that stuff. Actually, it was a lot of fun not having traction. But, um, but without yeah. traction, you're not going anywhere. So this is a real interesting segment. Yeah, it's a good way to think about it, right? It's just like the car. You're literally spinning your wheels until you find a repeatable way to sell your product and get new customers. Yeah, and in this case, traction is part of growth. Without taking action to really optimize your marketing and getting the resources necessary and applying it, there is no growth. And so traction becomes very strategic in the planning process. Yeah, and that's a good point, Craig. So if you have a company and you're sort of stagnating, where you're not really acquiring as many new customers as you'd like, that's a sign that your traction is slipping, right? Your wheels are starting to spin a little bit. And that's why I love applying this framework to an existing business because it's really a great diagnostic to help you understand, you know, where are we right now? What's working? What do we need to change? And help you find a way to brainstorm some of those changes you can make. Yeah, it's an interesting framework. I just hope everyone looks upon it as being not too easy because on the surface, it really looks simple and maybe too simple. But in reality, it's extremely powerful. And you know, a classic trap that business owners can fall into is we typically spend a lot of time, energy, and money trying to make our product or service better. And that's the focus of all of our attention. Almost too much. It becomes 90%. And the 10% becomes the marketing piece. And it's too short. It's too little, too late. Yeah, it reminds me of that classic quote by uh, the management guru, Peter Drucker, right? Which is, the purpose of a business is to have a customer. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're only spending 10% of your time acquiring customers and 90% of the time developing your product and service, well, you're missing it. Yeah, as we'll find that these two things need to go together in parallel. And you've got some great examples, so I want to get to those. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So, you know, a great example that comes right out of the book, and it's sort of the classic traction story, is this company called Mint.com. And many of us probably use Mint.com. I know I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a great way to track what's happening with your finances. And, you know, the story of Mint is also the story of a guy named Noah Kagan. Noah was an early employee at both Facebook and Mint and eventually went on to found companies such as AppSumo. And of course, many of our users may know him from his website, okdork.com, where he talks a lot about his marketing techniques. But the story of what he did with Mint is just remarkable. He was in charge of all of their early stage marketing efforts. And he was able to use a technique that really inspired this bullseye framework in figuring out early stage marketing channels and he was able to get over 20,000 people on a pre-beta email list. So he generated that much interest in the product before it was even built. And it's such an interesting story. So Noah's approach was to use something that was very predictable and measurable in his marketing efforts. So he picked very specific targets or really channels that were unique that he could then identify and measure how effective they were at attracting new customers. So when you're running tests like this, you're trying to answer three key questions. The first one is, how much does it cost to acquire customers through this channel? What's my spend per conversion through this channel? How many total customers 
are available through this marketing channel? And then are the customers that we're getting through this channel the kind of customers that we really want right now? So are these the best customers or the most likely buyers of the service that we're trying to sell? So after brainstorming many different channels, Noah's team focused on blogs, public relations, SEO, and then some display ads as four distinct methods of trying to attract new customers. And then what they did is they measured each one of these so they could see the traffic for each channel and they measured their click-through rate and their conversions and the total users they acquired, as well as the cost, of course. And then what they did was that by running those different ads in those different channels, they then drove those users to landing pages that allowed them to test different messages and value propositions. Now, understand that Mint.com, as it was evolving early on, they had a few value props. One of them was they thought that they would try to help people navigate the credit card jungle, so to speak, to try to more efficiently find and use the best credit cards. And then the other one was, of course, helping you understand your monthly expenses better, lower your debt, et cetera, through financial management. But they were able to test both of those theories by driving people to these landing pages that they had set up. And again, this is before they hadn't even built anything yet. (laughs) So they had a hunch of what they were going to build, but they hadn't even done it yet. And so what their goal was initially was to get 100,000 users within the first six months. And again, what they were able to do is they collected 20,000 emails on a wait list of people that had expressed, yes, I'll be interested. Please notify me when this launches, right? And as a result, they 10X'd that traction goal. They actually had a million users in the first six months. Founded in 2007, a million users within the first six months, and then sold to Intuit in 2009 for $170 million. So you got my interest. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a template that we could really use. Yeah, so it's pretty effective, right? And again, I would encourage our users to check out Noah's work. OKDork.com's great blog site, lots of information, not just on his products, but there's so much free information about how you can market your business better and really the right things to focus on. And so in addition to Noah's work then, you look at how Gabriel and Justin and others have then built on this. Now, Gabriel Weinberg has the search engine DuckDuckGo that he founded and has been building over the years. And he talks a lot about that work in there as well. So Gabriel and Justin really inspired by the work at Mint.com and many other projects that were early stage successful ventures. And they interviewed a lot of these CEOs. And that's what helped really inspire and develop this bullseye framework. And I love about it, Craig, is it's just so simple, right? So we talked about that. There's three stages. So picture a bullseye. And and if you're listening now, you'll, of course, be able to go to our website and download a framework that you can print out and get right to work on. So picture a bullseye with three rings. There's an outer ring, a middle ring, and then a center. And you're trying to drive towards that target like you would be if you were playing darts. The outer ring is the place for brainstorming. And that's when you're really trying to think about what's possible. So in the book, they've identified 19 different marketing opportunity channels that you could apply to any kind of business. And the point is to really brainstorm as much as possible to de-bias some of your opinions. And I don't know, Craig, if you've experienced this where people are maybe rooted in one form of marketing or another. 
Oh, and then anytime you're doing brainstorming, of course, everybody doesn't want to walk on somebody else's idea or the real depth and length of useful ideas gets short-circuited. So having some of these 19 that are in the book really helps provide inspiration for thought and growing some of those opportunities and then going deeper from there. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of a great story. You know, I have a colleague who founded a large chain of restaurants And very early on, their focus was on the lunchtime crowd, right? And this is back when radio was king. So this is 25, 30 years ago when radio was a great way to get your message across because people in offices used to listen to radio all day. And so that was like their channel. They dominated. They spent all their money on radio. And, you know, it was a bit scientific. They had experimented with other things, but they found that they could draw a direct line between their radio spend and their sales. And whenever they wavered from that and they tried to invest money in other places, their sales suffered. They just couldn't find another channel that worked that well. Well, things were a lot simpler back then than they are now. (laughs) There's a lot more competing media out there and a lot more competing ways. You know, we're all trying to clamor for the attention of the same people. It is a large surface out there, but, you know, you can short-circuit some of that a little bit by looking at other similar companies and what they're doing for traction and channels and what some similar or not-so-similar unsuccessful companies are doing wrong and learn from that in that brainstorming session. So that outer ring becomes really important to get a lot in there because the next layer, or the middle ring, starts weeding out some of those. And it's an interesting process in the middle ring. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So so from the middle ring, you're moving from what's possible to what's probable, right? So out of all of the ideas, you know, what could work here? What really feels like there's a good chance of acquiring the right customers through this channel? Perhaps you start with the full 19 and you're really looking to whittle it down to maybe three to six in that middle ring of, you know, these are the ones that feel like they have a good chance. And then ideally, you're going to boil that down to maybe three that you want to experiment with. And you want to run as cost-effective experiments as you can over a finite period of time. So you're really looking to say, hey, you know what? We're going to spend in these three areas. So let's say one of them might be search engine optimization. One of them might be live events where you're going to do two speaking gigs. And I want to see how many people I can convert from that. And then another one could be a coupon strategy. Maybe you're trying to experiment with a new product or service, and you're trying to figure out the best way to market that. So you're going to send out coupons with codes on them to your most likely customer base that you think might want this new thing. So you're going to set goals for each one of those channels, and you're going to track how many conversions you get and what your spend is. Again, you know the key here is to set a defined time period and a measurable goal for each channel and make sure that you can actually track whatever is coming in. And then you run your test and then you lather, rinse and repeat. And so if all three of those fail to meet your expectations, well, maybe you want to pull another one in from your outer ring. Maybe you want to try another one of those that didn't quite make that first round of cuts. But again, what you're doing is you're using an experimental process to try to find the one that's going to work the best for you. And when we talk about Noah and Mint, they did this really fast. We're not talking years here. We're not even talking many, many months. Try and compress time here. Simultaneously, as the product is in development or services in development, begin the testing. Test out those channels and try to whittle out the ones that aren't going to be effective. 
Man, I'm so glad you brought that up, Craig, because I think that this is the opportunity for businesses that are looking to test new ideas for new products and services. You don't need to build the whole thing. Take a lesson from the startup world. You can build a landing page describing what that might be and try to drive some of your existing customers to that page. Send them an offer. What if you offer them a deal, for instance, to be an early stage tester because they're such a good customer and you'd like for them to have this first and maybe you'll give them a discount if they help you build it. That's a way to generate buzz. It's also a way to test the idea. You can test the demand before you spend the money building it. Way before it's even a product and get some of that momentum going. That's excellent. So from when we've done our testing and we've got some amazing results and we've determined the feedback from our channels we've chosen, we get to the inner ring, right? Yeah. You know, ideally, that's what we're trying to do is hit the bullseye. So when you find the one that's working, here's the best part. You can focus all of your efforts there and your money there. So instead of spending haphazardly on three to four different things, because that's what we've always done. Oh, well, we always go to this conference. When's the last time you really measured the effectiveness of that conference? Or maybe, oh, well, we've always advertised in this one local paper. Well, how's that working for you? Do you really know? And many of you do know, by the way, and good for you if you know that. But the idea is, even if that's what you're doing today, there may be opportunities to work other channels that could work even better. By the way, no traction channel lasts forever. So it's just part of a natural life cycle that eventually you're going to start to tap out an audience in any given channel. And then you can run the same framework again. And by the way, you're building your own database of here's what we've done. Here are the experiments we've run. Here's what's worked and what hasn't worked. Here's the channel we're focusing on and what those numbers look like. So that when you go out and you sample and you can see those numbers start to dwindle, you try that next channel. Now you have a frame of reference and you're not backtracking and trying to start all over again from every time you want to try something new. Yeah, and the beauty of the bullseye is it's designed to be quick and efficient, and it forces you to look at all the channel options and optimize for one. And again, once you pick that one, tweak it and optimize it. Really get as much value out of it as you can over time. Yeah, and you know, we do know who the enemy is, by the way, and the enemy is you. (laughs) Okay, so the idea is your own biases are what can trap you in a marketing spend that is no longer effective or no longer as effective as it could be. So definitely spend the time on that outer ring. Get your team in the room. Spend a half day brainstorming. Don't even focus on coming up with the answer. Spend a half a day just generating new ideas and then sit with that for a few days and then try to work towards that middle ring. Yeah, in one phase, don't rush it. On the other hand, Don't get bogged down by all the shiny objects and all of the options that are out there. Really have this a focused activity that has a time frame to it and move it along. Yeah, and so in the interest of speed, here's what you can do right now to make this happen for your business. You can go to our site, businessownersradio.com. Go to the post for this episode, and you're going to find all kinds of great information there, not the least of which is a template to actually run this experiment. You can download it and use it with your team. We're going to have links to some of Noah's work. We're going to have links to traction. Actually, you can take advantage of our great relationship that we have with audible.com. And if you're interested, you can get a free copy of the audiobook of traction along with a 30-day free trial. We'll have a direct link to that. Or maybe you prefer a digital copy of the book for your Kindle or a physical copy for your bookshelf. 
We'll have links where you can download those as well. So thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. For Business Owners Radio, I'm Craig Moen. And I'm Shai Gilad. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.